Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ghoul Guide Association. My name is Lauren. And I'm Mary. I don't know why I've done the introduction like that, but we're the Ghoul Guides. <laughs> and this episode is a little bit of a um, of a different one. So we are, are going to be be talking about something a bit different but before we before we I was like launching jaunching and I, I think I wanted to say swooping swooping I think maybe <laughs> oh, is that appropriate oh. for this episode <laughs> yeah I right, like merged a bunch of words in my head accidentally yeah but you know whatever um, yeah this episode's going to be a little bit silly um but yeah before we delve into madness how you doing Mary I'm doing good yeah um yeah Industrial action is on the horizon, so yes. things are um, as ever interesting. Yeah, and... it's um, it's strike season, ladies and gentlemen, on multiple fronts, and you know that's a whole conversation in of its own. But if you don't know why various unions are striking, um, please read up. The nurses will be striking. Yeah, rail workers are striking. Academic staff. Yeah, shout out, um, shout out to services. shout out to UCU. Um, <laughs> who are striking imminently um yeah. and uh we support strikes yeah we in do. all flavors <laughs> all flavors all, all flavors. flavors of strikes <laughs> um yeah the as we say most weeks on this podcast and just in our general daily lives the world's a hellscape but there are things you can do about it and if you're in a union striking is is one of them if you're not in a union then i will say whatever industry you're in go go and look into the unions um and join a yeah. union yeah, as someone who used to work in um, a role where I couldn't join a union, and I'm now back in a role, which though I'm not, I'm not research or teaching stuff, so I haven't rejoined UCU. But because I'm in professional services, um, I can. There's other unions I can join, which is nice. But yeah, join a union. Unions are good. Don't believe the lies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't cancel me, Keir Starmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah cool well I'm glad you're good I'm glad I'm how glad are you good. friend I'm okay it's dark and cold and I'm very mm. tired because I have no blood in my body but it was my um so one of my very dear friends um has two children and one of them just turned six and he was like auntie Larian, will you come to my birthday party so I was like yeah of course I'll come to your birthday party being being auntie is the best thing because I get to go I rile the kids up and then I'm like bye <laughs> and then I bounce <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but my nephew who is six who's just turned six um he's super into like he loves dinosaurs he loves learning about the world for like book day you know when they dress up for book day his favorite book is his encyclopedia so he went as a volcano oh no it's an it. earthquake she was like Caitlin was like you can choose between an earthquake or a volcano so he went as an earthquake sounds um, adorable for his sixth birthday party with all of his little friends at this like pirate themed uh play pirate center themed. it was pirate themed it was so cute this play center was adorable um his birthday cake was a swamp theme a swamp themed birthday cake I was like we are not related by blood but truly you are my family <laughs> <laughs> we, we are he we was, are kindred <laughs> we are kindred um he was so proud of it he was like the swamp amazing and it yeah. even got the appropriate flowers like that grow in swamps because he's very specific about those types of things like every now and then I'll say something and he's like um Auntie Lauren those don't live in that hemisphere <laughs> like oh my god I just got schooled by my like <laughs> six-year-old nephew <laughs> 
um but yeah I just wanted to share that because it was like the cutest thing I've ever seen this like swamp cake um amazing and it was chocolate so it even I felt like that was really appropriate because then when you cut into it brown and green and it was just perfect so yeah that that's just a little thing I wanted to share it was I was exhausted because you know having anemia and then going to a children's party and then entertaining my niece all day who is actually a chaos being incarnate she's potentially one of the harborers of the apocalypse to be honest yeah she's she's a lover to bits physically very exhausting (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that was fun so I'm good but you know essentially a a human slug a bloodless human slug (laughs) which (laughs) brings me to today's topic (laughs) weird supernatural things we're talking about cryptids yes welcome to our cryptid special yes where we enter the weird and wonderful world of of cryptids cryptids yeah if you don't know what a cryptid is a cryptid and I don't know what you think about this but I always think of cryptids as being specific post-internet or like post-world war ii maybe cryptids are like to me very modern And I know this isn't strictly speaking true because a lot of people consider like the chupacabra and things like that to be a cryptid. So their cryptids are supposed mythological creatures. They're usually urban legends, like, you know, the giant rat that supposedly lives under the Thewis in London. Hail (laughs) Ratma. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And yeah, things like the chupacabra or yetis, which come from, you know, ancient folklore. And then you've got things like Sasquatch. But cryptids in particular are very sort of, to me, I always think of them being sort of like post-war, post-mass media, because they essentially go hand in hand with like conspiracy theories. So I think that's really interesting because when I talk about my favorite cryptid, <laughs> as, as I will do later, like it's definitely something that exists older than that. So I think for mm-hmm. me, it's this combination of a weird kind of like, urban legend or folklore that's about a specific creature that Mm -hmm. is unnatural and supernatural but that also combines with this kind of like you say mass media and the technology light photography Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. videos uh, and especially the internet just kind of throws open this wonderful world of of local cryptid legends up to the world to just digest consume and make conspiracy theories about yes exactly because like the internet like cryptids got a real boom in the 90s um Mm. when message boards became a thing because all of a sudden we have things like the beast of bodmore and and ratmer and Mm. you know there's things that are supposed to live in scotland and we have a lot of like gaelic folklore that are kind of i would say you know cryptids but you often have like every place has its own sort of like urban legend monster but then with the dawn of global technology and the internet everybody could share those things and all of a sudden this thing that supposedly exists in this one place is international and I think another thing about the 90s is is you have this rise and I guess a little bit in the in the 80s as well but definitely in the 90s this boom of like home kind of videography and also alongside that you know found footage Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you know so if you think like the Blair Witch Project in in the 1999 but obviously there's been loads of films about cryptids 
like yes. you know Bigfoot and people mm-hmm. going and being able to do their own low budget investigations where you go into a swamp or a forest mm-hmm. or the mountains or mm-hmm. wherever the specific cryptid lives to try and find it and then mixed with that then found footage is just a wonderful kind of horror genre that yes. takes that and says but we're also going to pretend that it's yeah. real well I say yes. pretend exactly pretend is doing a lot of work there maybe, maybe these cryptids are real it's not for us to decide well <laughs> well this episode <laughs> this episode is about cryptids and why cryptids are cool and why cryptids are gothic of course because this is the Ghoul Guide Association mm-hmm. um but as we mentioned at the top this is like a special episode and what we're actually going to do it's tell each other about our favorite cryptid or specifically cryptid singular and full confession <laughs> Mary already knows what mine is because it's quite a well-known fact about me and I've actually talked about my love for this particular cryptid on multiple occasions but when we were chatting and saying like we should do a funny special episode I was like I want to talk about the Mothman again <laughs> <laughs> oh no you've just spoke you just said well this is my introduction yeah. mine okay so with that <laughs> well yeah with that I will say to everyone whether you're watching or listening along buckle in grab a drink get comfortable and 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 get ready for cryptid, cryptid story time, time. <laughs> so Lauren <laughs> handing this over to you to awesome. talk about your favorite <laughs> cryptid and you've already revealed that it is the one and only Mothman so take uh, it away yeah, so Mothman um, is from Point Pleasant, Virginia in the USA. Mm-hmm. He is potentially an alien, potentially an interdimensional being, which in some cases is an alien and in some cases isn't an alien. Um, he is potentially some kind of supernatural uh, or preternatural being, so maybe native to this plane of existence or this planet. But maybe not, or he is potentially some kind of weird mutant or some kind of lab experiment. It's unknown, but what we do know is that the Mothman is my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We have uh, many happy years together. I love the Mothman. The Mothman's <laughs> great. A shout out to Shane and Ryan from BuzzFeed Unsolved for introducing me to the Mothman. As you can see, if you are watching on YouTube, I have this Mothman jumper. <laughs> which is designed by Wizard of Bard. You can find him on Instagram. I really love their designs. Uh, I just really love the Mothman. I don't know exactly why, but maybe as I tell this story, I'll come to that epiphany and realization of why I love the Mothman. But the Mothman is one of those cryptids that I think really captures contemporary anxiety, captures particularly the American desire to folklorize and to mythologize American culture Mm. but also sort of like cold war culture and kind of post-nuclear fear and also if you look up (laughs) there is a statue of Mothman in Point Pleasant Virginia well I was gonna say before we go any further do you have like a description of the Mothman okay because we can yeah because people imagining like some kind of alien or intergalactic being has a name called the the moth the man Mothman. where does moth doesn't, feature in it so, yeah, yeah it doesn't actually i don't think look that much like a moth and there's conflicting accounts of what mothman looks like and other podcasts other shows have done this where they've gone on a deep dive into like the sightings of the mothman what the mothman is supposed to look like the possibilities of the mothman i'm not going to be doing that so much as talking about why i think the mothman is such a cool cryptid but also like the cultural significance of the mothman because 
Uh, as much as I love the Mothman, I do not believe the Mothman is real, apart from in my heart. <laughs> because uh, I don't know if you've all realised this about us, but we are massive skeptics. <laughs> Shocker. Everybody just like presses stop, unsubscribes from the show. It's no, like, don't, don't, do don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. So the Mothman um, is generally like described as being um, taller than an average human, potentially humanoid shape. Um, usually with like huge wings and conflicting accounts of whether or not they actually are like moth-like wings. Some people describe him as almost being like blurry um, and a lot of the depictions of him are almost like fuzzy blurry. But the one thing that kind of always pervades is that they have, the Mothman has big glowing eyes, usually described as red, sometimes golden. This, this Mothman is, is got, has got gold eyes, but then also look at these. Are these eyes? Who knows? We don't know. He might be an alien. He could have as kind many of, eyes as we like. It, it kind of reminds me of those um, biblically accurate drawings right? of angels <laughs> where there's just eyes everywhere. So many eyes. I love those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so the Mothman, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, it's, I kind of thought it was going to be like Tinkerbell, you know, <laughs> like some fairies have got like butterfly wings. No. Mm-hmm. Usually described as being like eight or nine feet tall, big, huge wings, glowing eyes, potentially humanoid-like, potentially not. But according to the statue of the Mothman at Point Pleasant, Virginia, ripped, shredded. Man's got a 12 pack. He's got literal buns of steel. The Mothman, like, he lifts, bro. You're also, I feel like you're also missing the elephant in the room with that statue. (laughs) (laughs) Am I? (laughs) Yeah. Is it that it's like just got a weird, smooth Ken? like genitals and has no, no I just mean that he has an he has a great ass he, that's what I said buns of steel it has buns uh, literal buns of steel I thought you were just talking about like his abs like oh no, you know. I mean his actual buns but yeah he also has like <laughs> weirdly got no genitalia um looks like a Kendall which is fine genitals are not important they don't define a person or their gender but it does it is weird that someone was like he must have a 12 pack an incredible ass and then just was like mm, let's just smooth let's not talk it's about like, this bit it's like have you seen those those pictures from disney of yeah. the of the sh- <laughs> or, of their Mar- what marvel film was it where they've just someone some poor person who does all the cgi has had to like cgi out someone's bold and it's like yeah it's not yeah. Why? Well, it's pretty much, I think it's like Captain America, Spider-Man, anyone that wears a leot- like a unitard, they've had to like smooth, digitally smooth out the bulge, which I find hilarious. They don't um, have to do that. That That's know. a choice that they have made. Just like <laughs> it's a choice in, in, you know, making this Mothman statue. To make it to- so ripped. Yeah. L- literally a 12 pack. Like I didn't know there were that many muscles and maybe there aren't because, you know, it's not a human. So maybe they, maybe intergalactic moth-like planetary travelers have 12 packs Mm. but yeah that's what the mothman looks like and the mothman some people have started seeing the mothman in in other places but generally um it's local to this area called point pleasant in virginia in west virginia specifically i am not from the u.s but i do know that places like Virginia are kind of like the center of a lot of American horror and folklore because it's one of the first places that was settled by white settlers because 
you know it, it's on that side of the country but also because they named if you look like everywhere there is named very white royal usually very english names because they would land somewhere and be like yes jamestown this is jamestown and everyone would be like oh no it's not and they'd be like nope it is now this is what it's called so yeah it's central to virginia um it was first seen or first reported in the 60s and one of my favorite things this gets quoted everywhere this on the wikipedia page on every article but when when it was seen (laughs) the headline was like couple sees man-sized bird creature something (laughs) (laughs) so specific so specific and so vague all at the same time um but yeah essentially two young couples were driving through what's known as the TNT area in Virginia. And this is why I was saying like, when I think of cryptids, I often think of them as being like specifically post-war and Cold War and kind of like technological revolution. Because this area, the TNT area, used to be a munitions factory. And I think it was decommissioned after World War II, but potentially was still being used sort of like during Vietnam. So we're talking 1966, So this is definitely somewhere that within recent memory for the people living in this area is a militarized space. And militarized and particularly demilitarized spaces have a very specific weirdness attached to them. Mm -hmm. Now, as much as I am a skeptic, what I will say is even demilitarized spaces that have not had atrocities taken place in them, they got weird vibes. It's just what happens naturally. Often demilitarized spaces, it takes a really long time for nature to go back to normal around them. So they're often like really eerily quiet or, you know, they've gotten rid of such swaths of natural landscape that they don't connect to the town properly or they've been put in a specific place because that place made strategical sense, either as a point of defense or because you were doing some funky testing. And in the 50s and 60s, people were doing really weird fucking shit in military spaces. So you have things like MK Ultra and um, things like the men who stare at goats, the military mm-hmm. bases that seemed to be, you know, munitions factories were doing things like giving soldiers LSD and then not letting them sleep for four days yeah. to see what would happen there's also this whole like thing in the the areas and the, and the lo- locales that surround them of what's going on and mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. think about this generations of of storytelling where you would have seen military vehicles go in and out you wouldn't know what's going on mm-hmm. people talk and, and you have mm-hmm. the whole idea of the telephone game where it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder and then once it's been demilitarized and then you can go into this space mm-hmm. but there's no it doesn't look like there's any evidence of anything that's happened and exactly. you have all of these ideas about what what weird it, shit happened this, there. What weird stuff happened yeah. yes exactly so one of my one of the things i love so much about mossman is it is specifically tied to this tnt area so not only where they were making munitions but where they were testing munitions and this is testing munitions in like world war ii and potentially afterwards so the munitions testing that's taking place is potentially radioactive um it's potentially nuclear there's the possibility that the water might have but you know we're still talking about times as well where people were like oh yeah just dump it out there's a creek outside dump it in there 
So this yeah. is a period of time where, you know, things were things were going weird. And there's so many cryptid and alien stories mm-hmm. connected to these military spaces, even here in the UK. So like the Rendlesham Forest incident, which is a potential UFO incident, things like the Roswell um, incident. Like there's things we know for a fact where something happened, but then because they're in these military and demilitarized spaces, it's like, ooh, it probably was some weird thing that the American Air Force is testing. And it's probably something that they don't want you to know about. And that's why everyone's like, it's a weather balloon. <laughs> but it breeds, it breeds mm-hmm. that you said, it's that telephone game. So these, these four couples, these young, these four young, uh, sorry, four people, two couples are in a car together. They're driving through the TNT zone. I can never work out whether or not it's hearsay or truth that they were all stoned. But it's the 60s and there's two couples riding around in a car for no apparent reason. They're probably on drugs, let's be honest. Um, Or at least giddy. Probably giddy. (laughs) And, you know, why else do you go? This is like when you're a kid and everyone's like, hey, don't go to the site where this building's being torn down because it's dangerous because there's like asbestos there and something might fall on you. And then all the kids are like, oh let's go let's go explore and like I heard that there's you know a lizard man that lives in there like yeah it's an it's an abandoned it's an abandoned building and, and right therefore it must have <laughs> some kind of monster or some kind of secrets and it's like no actually it's just because it's dangerous yeah you could fall yeah. and hurt yourself yeah so it's like why are you driving through the middle of nowhere in this like demonstrated space it's because it's funny and you get yourself all freaked out and probably also doing drugs and it's out of the way so they see this huge gray creature. Um, again, some people have described it as being black. Some people have said it's gray, whose eyes glowed red in the car headlight. And essentially they all shit themselves. They see it unfold these huge wings and then they say it follows their car. And another sighting later on, a woman said the same thing where like it followed the car like really quickly and it was like supernaturally fast. and people essentially like this this sighting was reported and then of course as always happens more people start going up to this area because people have said that they've seen it and more people start seeing it uh did you hear that that's not a cryptid that's my cat (laughs) maybe it's a cryptid yeah I mean he he could he's very buzz-eyed he could be a cryptid Mm. (laughs) um Bless him. But yeah, so people start reporting um, that they have seen this creature and they're like, yeah, I definitely <laughs> saw it. And like it had glowing red eyes and huge wings and it was like supernaturally fast. Which is, and, a, which is a thing, right? Because like the more yes. stories that are out there, we find this with like alien abduction stories. Yeah, exactly. The, the, there's a there's a mass of alien abduction stories where people are abducted by, you know, a tiny gray man mm-hmm, with like mm-hmm. a big head and all that kind of stuff. They're all concentrated in, in mostly America or like yeah. the, the West mm-hmm. because that's where that kind of literature is and it's it's that whole world which one which one came first was it the alien abductions by the specific kind of alien or is that influencing people's experiences yes um, and like so many people like, people have done studies on this and they're like is it a mandala effect where mm-hmm. 
something subconsciously spreads through like the you know a cultural group of people um some psychologists have been like is it that we have a certain fear of this and we like you know then this why humans across the world it's a little bit like the thing that we know that humans are predisposed to create hierarchical systems and that's why all across the globe cultures have top down literally like the gods live on top of a mountain or the gods live in the sky like we have these top down religious orders and that's because there's something about our brains and the way that we're wired that means we create these systems and it's probably also why we're a bit obsessed with aliens and we think that advanced life forms are above us looking down at us from the sky despite the fact that's not Mm -hmm. how the universe works but it feels like it when you're on a planet and just to point out the planet is in fact round it is a planet it's not flat just need to make sure everyone's aware of that I'm sorry what? <laughs> while we're talking about cryptids and conspiracy theories <laughs> just need to make sure we all know <laughs> the world is round um so people start saying they've seen this thing and um I'm not gonna say straight away because there is we're pretty sure actually that we know what mothman quote-unquote is but I'm not gonna say it right now just because it kind of spoils it but what then happens is in 1967, so the year after the Mothman sighting start, a bridge collapses and unfortunately, I think like 40 or 50 people died. People started saying that the Mothman had been seen just before the bridge collapse. Mm-hmm. And also like bad things had <laughs> bad things had happened to the people who supposedly saw the Mothman. Now, the law of averages means that bad things happen to you no matter what. But this, this sounds is like a same... cop-out. This sounds like a well, massive cop-out. Yeah, but it's kind oh, of like... Oh, this bridge has collapsed. It must right? be the Mothman. Must be the Mothman. Oh, no. Like, I yeah. stepped on some gum. The Mothman. Yeah, the like... Mothman. And it's... Well, it's the same way that, like, horoscopes work, isn't it? If you start looking for signs... The signs will appear. And again, that's how humans are predisposed to look for signs. Humans are predisposed to look for things that suggest that other things are coming. And this is a this is this is a evolutionary thing. Yeah. And and it it, and it's 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 through natural selection. If you are an a a kind of living being, whether it's mm -hmm. a a human or another kind of animal, Mm -hmm. and you hear a noise, you you need to know that this is something I need to run away for. It's going to be scary. And you need to like make these patterns that suggest Mm -hmm. maybe this is a monster. It might just be something else. But if you don't have those things and you stay where you are, then maybe it is something that's going to come up and eat you. Or you know, This is how humans like survived. And I mean, dinosaurs got wiped out by a meteor. But this is why humans survived to become like an apex predator is because we developed senses to be like, hmm, all the birds have stopped singing. We're or, predisposed to look you know, for patterns. There's been a mudslide. Mm-hmm. That yeah. probably means there's going to be an earthquake or a tidal yeah. wave or a volcano. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should leave the area because a natural disaster is maybe going to happen. So, so yeah, essentially this bridge collapses. And because bad things had happened to the people that had seen Mothman after they'd seen them, people start piecing these signs together. And people started being like, the Mothman? is a harbinger it is a harbinger of destruction it appears and then people were like does the mothman cause the destruction or is the mothman like just the symbol like is it the messenger and then in the 70s um let me just check his name because I always forget yeah John Keel John Keel writes a book called the mothman prophecies which basically is like a you know sort of supernatural thriller that expands this idea 
that the Mothman is some kind of like bringer or symbol. And then in 2002, they made a film of it with Richard Gere, which I don't know why, but I never actually realized because I have not watched that film. I was like 12 or 13 when it came out. But I do remember being really freaked out by the poster for the Mothman Prophecies, which I think is like a very pale face with like a moth over the mouth. And I just remember being really, really freaked Mm -hmm. out by that poster. So then that goes into into consciousness. And what also happens is um, it's supposedly at one point seen in Russia before some apartment bombings. And obviously Russia is closely connected all through the 80s and 90s to the idea of nuclear and Mm -hmm. to, you know, Uh, Cold War but also to things like psychedelic testing uh, mind control in the Captain America comic Bucky is not brainwashed by Hydra he is brainwashed by the Soviets and so is the Black Widow like there's this whole thing all through particularly Western particularly American cultural consciousness of the Cold War Russia military testing like weird things going on and often conspiracy theories UFOs supernatural beings are linked to potentially Russian experiments or Russian something else's. So I do think it's really funny that they were like, yes, this thing that's only been seen in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, was also briefly spotted in Russia, which is maybe, not maybe, close. <laughs> maybe the Mothman just likes to take a holiday. Maybe he went on then. holiday. Yeah. I mean, maybe, he is, you know. I enjoyed my trip to Moscow and he is my boyfriend. So maybe he also enjoyed his trip to Moscow and yeah. we have not, a lot in common. Of- there's lots of really beautiful places in Moscow. There yeah. are some amazing places in mm. Moscow. Unfortunately, we can't go there right now because no, Russia, no. Um, the, the Russian government is a dick. And I won't say anything more about that in case we get poisoned. Thank you. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so essentially... Maybe, maybe the Mothman also just likes touring like regional cathedrals. Yeah, I mean, he's got taste, okay? he's a he's a he's a man with taste and I feel that's why we have such a deep emotional connection Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah so Mothman becomes closely linked with this kind of post-World War II rise of what I would call sci-fi conspiracy so this isn't a you know folklore cryptid necessary I mean it's folklore now but this is not like an old folklore cryptid this is not the chupacabra it's not the sasquatch I keep mentioning those two because they're my other two favorites um but yeah he's he's like a modern a modern invention and people people went crazy cray cray for Mothman because this as I said is at this time where things like sci-fi magazines are starting to get really popular you start to get mailing lists and then of course the dawn of the message board mm-hmm. and became really really popular and then became really popular again in the 2000s uh because of the food because of the movie uh with Richard Gere and then was the darling the Mothman was the darling child of Tumblr uh so if you don't know what Tumblr is Tumblr is a social media platform um still active and a lot of people are heading back there because of what's happening with twitter but during the the 2010s the early 2010s tumblr was a unique mess of a place it was a beautiful beautiful time to be on the internet also a horrendous time to be on the internet but one of the things that got real popular that people on people on tumblr love spooky shit they love spooky shit 
one of the reasons BuzzFeed Unsolved and ghost hunting shows um, got really popular is because, you know, the Tumblr crowd and yeah. Mothman became sort of the poster child of the cryptid, the cryptid fandom, shall we say? I feel like I feel like a kind of contemporary like un- uh, understanding of what what Tumblr energy is is <laughs> big Tumblr energy. <laughs> yeah, but like the, for the past few days, people on Tumblr have been writing fanfic about a film that doesn't exist. Yeah, and to the yep. point where it's now like one of the the yep. most fanfics mm-hmm. yep. on Tumblr. And mm-hmm. I, like I think that's just such a Tumblr mm-hmm. thing to do. That I love that that is happening right now because it yeah. is such a good. Ex- like example <laughs> of the way that tumblr memes evolved very naturally mm. because something would pop up i mean this is how memes work but something would pop up and the next thing you know it was in everybody's lexicon like everybody was using this turn of phrase and i would think that i'd be like oh yeah everyone finds this funny and then i'd say it to other people mm-hmm. who were you know online in different spaces like reddit and they'd be like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> that yeah. and also, yeah. it's very um what's that philosopher dada dada data i can never remember but like dadaism is this subgenre, shall we say of surrealism that perfectly captures the very millennial tumblr humor slash weirdness and mothman became kind of part and parcel for that and that's partially because <laughs> on the episode of buzzfeed and Soul, where they go searching for mothman it's just two guys in the woods in virginia making high-pitched moth-like noises <laughs> and saying weird shit but also we love it is, we love it this is obviously a big thing with like cryptids in general point pleasant has gone in the mothman is their most beloved son he is their favorite son he is their mascot he's their icon lots of people claim to have seen him in um, point pleasant they have um, a mothman festival which i think originally started as a way to celebrate the film or because people were like interested in it and I think it's Mm. a little bit like how the real forks now has a festival because of Twilight you know people go to um Kirk's birthplace in Star Trek like has an actual statue of him you know these pop culture things based on real places like become you know symbols there's like a Mothman festival and Point Pleasant Virginia has like so I'm from Nottingham we have a lot of Robin Hood stuff Point Pleasant, Virginia has a lot of Mothman stuff. They have Mothman themed things, Mothman shops, Mothman. That's where the Mothman statue with the. Let's talk about let's talk about the Mothman themed food. Yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) this is so. So when when Mary and I got really into Buzzfeed and Salt, I remember telling saying this to her. Um, There's this so in the episode, Shane and Ryan go to pizza place that's famous for making a Mothman pizza. And they show the Mothman pizza that's got this like design made of the ingredients. Obviously, if you've ever, if if like me, you went to a British school in the 2000s, one of the things you used to do in food technology, which if you're in the US is kind of like home ec, was they used to make you design a pizza and you had to like make a shape or something. And I made a turtle and I was so proud of this turtle. And it looked amazing. And then I put the fucking turtle pizza in the oven. And when it came out, it did not look like a turtle. But people go and have this Mothman pizza. And when it comes out the pizza oven, it does not look like Mothman anymore. But maybe it does. Maybe it does. Maybe because he's like shifty. But yeah, there's like a whole tourism industry. This whole town has, has managed to develop a tourism industry because of the Mothman. 
And I just love that. I love that. As maybe it's because I'm from somewhere that also has like <laughs> traded off the identity of a possibly not real thing for, well, at this point for us, like centuries, but mm-hmm. in, you know, the last like 50, 60 years, I just really enjoy that. And I also just love that people are like, yeah, they can't even agree on what the law for Mothman is. You know, with Robin Hood, we're at least like, yeah, there's a general canon to to Robin Hood. We accept certain things. But with Mothman, they're like, <laughs> he he speaks in high-pitched tones, or maybe he's telepathic, or maybe he, you know, shifts between planar dimensions, and maybe he can mess with like microwaves and radiation, but potentially he can move at the speed of sound and basically no one is agreed you're really making me think that nottingham is missing out on some cryptid action and maybe what we need is like a a robin hood kind of i don't know cryptid thing nottingham city council hit me up (laughs) i'm i'm ready (laughs) i feel like i see this every episode i'm like yeah get in touch i've got an idea um yeah mothman one of the things i love about mothman is You know, like how people complain about the Scarlet Witch in the MCU because her powers are really poorly defined. Mm -hmm. That's Mothman. (laughs) What does he do? Everything? Mothman potentially is just a very fast, very strong entity with wings. But potentially it's also a telepathic harbinger of destruction and devastation. Or maybe it's an alien. It can be whatever we want it to be. Which is quite nice. But also, yeah, I just love the Mothman. Sometimes people draw it really cute and fuzzy. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's got abs of steel and an incredible ass, but no genitalia. But what I just really love is that it's such a great example of the weirdness that happened after World War II and the anxiety about military experimentation and the possibilities and because so much data and documentation was sealed that only in the last 10 years has become opened and you know things like mk ultra that people were like oh maybe that happened maybe it didn't happen we now know that they were doing some weird ass drug testing on a lot of people who probably didn't agree to it and that they were genuinely funding research into like whether or not you could kill someone with your mind it was a weird time where a lot of weird shit was possible. And I partially think that's because of the Nazis' obsession with occultism. Yeah, yeah. Like, Hitler was so obsessed with occultism and was obsessed with things like, you know, the Masonic temples. And he was, you know, this is why Indiana Jones is set when it is and has Nazis as the bad guys, because they genuinely were searching for occult shit. And particularly the US was like, well, if they did, if it does turn out to be true, like we should do it like you know maybe he's he's not a stupid man like he's spending all this money so you just have this weird explosion in the 60s and 70s of just the most bizarre stuff and the mothman is is one of them and that's why the mothman is my favorite cryptid because real weird great example of how internet culture works great example of cold war and post war panic great example of nuclear anxiety but also apparently looking at that statue, the monster fucking community, because yeah. I don't know. I don't know what gays, female <laughs> gays, male gays, queer gays, monster gays. Who knows? Maybe it's all of them. Um, I like that. Monster gays. Monster yes. Gays. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah the, 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 we know we we know people want to fuck those monsters people want to fuck the robots when age of ultron came out everyone was like i want to fuck that robot <laughs> um, and you know that's what makes the mothman uh, a cryptid for all ages a family cryptid there's something there for everybody oh that's nice yeah <laughs> thanks so yeah. that's as you can probably tell everybody, this was not research. This is just stuff that I already know about the Mothman. <laughs> well, you would know all this stuff, seen as he is your boyfriend. He is my boyfriend. It's important yeah. to know about your partners. You know, we've, we have this conversation when we talk about gothic novels. Don't yeah. get into relationships with people that you don't know very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that literally was just pulled from my own personal knowledge about the mothman and the things that i like if you have your own mothman facts please send them to me <laughs> I, love them. I love mothman what an icon um, what a guy what a guy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Such, a, such a great lad top lad absolute top lad, top lad. also <laughs> clearly loves clearly loves a bit of banter because <laughs> he chases stoned teenagers in <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea that if Mothman was real, he spends he's... his time coming into this reality and just like just pestering, people. pestering uh, people on drugs. Yeah, like what? Maybe he's like, no, I know it's fun to be a teen, but you know, mm-hmm. it's just like teaching them a lesson, um, like pranking them. He's a prankster. Mm. Uh, oh, but I didn't say it's probably um, a heron. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was was thinking, you know, like, if you're stoned, or actually, do you know what, if you're not stoned, let's just, let's just say that, imagine that none of these people were stoned, but it's a dark night, if it's it's late, maybe you're tired, and then something something is flying at you, and you just catch glimpses of it. We Mm -hmm. all know that memory is unreliable. So, of course, you're going to misremember things and just focus on like oh it was it had wings and I couldn't see it properly because it was so blurry also if you've specifically been going up to this TNT area because it's kind of creepy and kind of weird you're going at night you it's like when you tell each other ghost stories you're predisposed you're predisposed to Mm -hmm. see those things so yeah essentially there's this thing I think it's called a sand crane heron or a sand something I mean a crane and a heron are are technically two different types of birds I don't know I'm not an author a bird person (laughs) I'm not a bird person um a bird person I mean I like birds but you know not my doctorate um I didn't get a PhD in birds um I'm not a scientist but yeah essentially there's this bird and it has like an eight foot wingspan which is fucking huge that's like if you stood on my shoulders oh no Mm. that'd be 10 like 10 foot we're not we're not very tall (laughs) 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 <laughs> but they thought that mothman had a 10 foot wingspan so that would be like if you stood on my shoulders yeah. so there is this actual bird and yeah. when so this and this is one of the things that happens with cryptos a lot certain animals and birds when light hits their eyes it can reflect and yeah. basically if you were to shine headlights on like yellow headlights on this particular bird it would make their eyes glow red and it's huge and it's very fast um not like some people that have seen Mothman reckon it, you know, took over their car and they were driving 60 miles an hour and all of this stuff. But yeah, would be a, a freaking huge ass bird with glowing eyes. So it's it's it's, prob- it's probably this bird. It's almost definitely this bird because this bird does in fact live in this area. Um, <laughs> and 
1966, after um, the couple in the car, the two couples in the car saw the the supposed moth man, other people went looking and were like, I saw a huge bird. So other reported sightings of the moth man were like, we saw, it was terrifying, but what they actually said was, we saw a fucking huge bird with glowing mm-hmm. eyes. Which, to be fair, if you didn't know that that existed and you saw it, you would be like, that's a monster. Because what bird is that big and has glowing red eyes? Like, you know, we as humans don't think that things that eyes should glow because eyes don't emit light. I think this is what's really interesting about cryptids and specifically American cryptids is that because America is settler colonial nation, still very young. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the kind of urban legends and specifically like cryptids, you can imagine it's, it's just because these these settlers and colonialists have gone to a new place and they don't they don't know it. They don't have the centuries worth of, of local legends and you've got in the same big... way. And it's going to be very different. Yeah. And you've got big unexplored mm. places. Like yeah. it's when you like the UK is a very tightly packed country. We have a lot of folklore, not so much in England because um we're shit and we have no culture. Um and we pushed, you know, like we pushed the Gaelic people and everything out um but if you go to Wales if you go to Ireland if you go to Scotland and even you know Cornwall has a lot of folklore um the north has a lot of folklore places like Northumbria has a lot of folklore there's a lot of local legends that still remain in the places that were slower to industrialize in that expansion out from London so you're kind of like oh yeah these things but you're like yeah it was probably a horse there's a lot of folklore about horses like Mm -hmm. demon horses and it's because we have we have big fucking horses like yeah. have you seen shire horses they're big and when they go a bit crazy like they are terrifying but we don't have unexplored land mm. whereas in the u.s there's these huge massive spaces and it's why you get so much folklore about places where there are jungles because where humans cannot see and humans cannot track and explore and say yes okay here's a here's an accurate map we know exactly what this place looks like there's the possibility that there's things and that I guess is is also what breeds it there's so much folklore about spaces where there's like huge forests or a huge forest and then a abandoned research lab in mm-hmm. the center of the huge forest there's things like it's technically a game it's called Ong's Hat kind of an old oh, it's not called alternate reality is it alternate maybe it's AR basically um it's kind of a hoax kind of a game these guys started like slipping things into publications about um, this thing Ong's hat and it was like oh yeah there's this research center in these woods and it's a interplanetary portal of some kind and people went looking for it because that space has actually that potential where if it was going to be anywhere it's probably going to be there and again to mention stranger things stranger things <laughs> like... <laughs> things be strange things be strange yeah. and like we know that po- like companies poisoned entire towns yeah. by dumping chemicals in water oh yeah like the radium girls where they were using radium to paint watch faces and then all of a sudden all of their skin starts falling off and everyone's like oh, what is happening here so this kind of shit does happen and and yeah mothman is a really great example of it's probably just a big ass bird a bird that is not very commonly known that if you saw when you were a bit giddy driving on a road in the middle of night and its eyes flash you would shit yourself. I once, when I was driving in Scotland, saw a massive fucking stag 
And honest to God, if you'd have told yeah. me it was a, a forest god at that moment, I would have believed you because we were Sex driving up so this, big. They're so big. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely shit myself. We were driving up this hill. It was late. Well, it wasn't actually late. It was probably like nine o'clock, but it was dark. It was foggy. Didn't know where we were going. We were in my tiny little shitty Nissan Micra. And we we came up to the top of this hill. And as we turned, the headlights lit this thing up. And we were all three of us just like, oh, what is that? And it just like looked at us and we sat there for what felt like 10 minutes and then it walked across the road and we carried on driving. And I still sometimes question if that experience really happened to me. <laughs> but I, if we'd have gotten really, into a car accident afterwards, I would have been a bit like, was that an omen? <laughs> well, I really like those communities that for for the safety of, of the animals, um, they, they paint like the antlers mm-hmm. with a glow-in-the-dark paint so that, yeah, imagine if, you know, so you, you were driving and yeah. then you, you turn the headlights on and it was just... It's like these kind of like eyes and then glow in the dark hole. Right. I think it's why so many monsters have antlers because mm-hmm. in so many cultures, so like Canada, Scotland, Scandinavia, parts of Russia, but also like parts of Asia, there's these huge freaking animals with antlers that are kind of terrifying and have really scary eyes that reflect light. Um, I've gone slightly off topic there. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. In case you guys couldn't tell. But Mary, I don't know what your cryptid is, and I'm really excited for you to tell me. So please tell me what your cryptid is. Yes. So, okay, in the second half of this episode, we'll be talking about a completely different cryptid. And I specifically tried to choose one that maybe I'm sure you know this cryptid, but (laughs) I'm hoping that you'll be a little bit, you know, not as familiar with with this creature as you are with, say, this is why I was so excited because Mm -hmm. I I know you so well. And I was like, (laughs) she's going to try and pick one that I maybe don't know much about so that she can tell me about it. Yeah. And for this one, we're mainly going to be taking, I guess, a bit of a history lesson back to the eighteenth history lesson. <laughs> back to the eighteenth century. Um, but this is a a cryptid that is is local to South Jersey and Philadelphia. So, Ooh. can you can you guess what before I reveal? Is it is it the Jersey Devil? It is the Jersey yes! Devil. <laughs> Yeah, so do you oh know? Oh my gosh, I know, know a little bit a little about bit. the Jersey Devil, okay. but not a lot. Okay, fabulous. This was a this was a really great like little history cryptid rabbit hole for me to go <laughs> down into. Um, but okay, yeah. So we're going to be talking about the Jersey Devil, and what is the Jersey Devil? You uh, you might be asking yourself. So I am definitely asking. <laughs> TLDR: It is basically a flying biped. So that's a creature with two legs with hooves. And sure. I mean, we can cut to the chase. Was the Mothman just a bird? Is the Jersey Devil just a bird? Probably. <laughs> probably. Spoiler, it's all Spoiler. birds. <laughs> yeah, it's all birds. It's all birds. Um, <laughs> but um, so there's lots of different kind of descriptions of the Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. But to kind of flesh it out a little bit more for you, it's often described to be like a wyvern or a dragon type creature. So two legs. It has a head that resembles either a horse or a goat. (laughs) (laughs) It has wings, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, like dragons. And, you know, they're they're leathery and they're bat-like. Its hands or arms are very small. (laughs) Like a velociraptor. Oh yeah, but I mean, especially if you think about all those kinds of like really old <laughs> pictures of dragons, you know, yes. where, yeah. where they do have those kind of little tiny hands. Yeah. Or I guess, and you know, 
because like the Asian representation of dragons yeah. is very different for European and like a lot of them are very serpent-like or more bird almost bird-like and mm. they do often and, have and but quite a lot of like early modern depictions of dragons were were like yeah. that and and especially the kind of wyvern which is another well kind it's of the whole legendary about, like the worm mm. yeah and it's legs so it has two legs and they've got cloven hooves and sure. it also has a tail and so like let's pick all of the bits all of <laughs> like the a chimera we want all of the things we want kind of like bat-like dragon wings we want a sure. kind of goat head we want tiny teeny little arms and like who <laughs> so it's probably like and a-, a bird that caught a goat but then maybe like a bat also was like yeah give me like that's too much food for one person <laughs> yeah so this creature is said to inhabit specifically the forest of Pines Barrens, which is in yes. South Jersey. And it does also have another name. So it's also called the, the Leeds Devil. And I think this will become quite obvious why as well, you know, we get into... So we've got two origin stories for you. So the first one, I think you'll, you'll see why it's called uh, Leeds. The first origins can be traced back to the 18th century and specifically around 1735 with a woman called... Jane Leeds. Uh, Makes so much sense. (laughs) Yeah. And she was also known as Mother Leeds. So she had a quite a, you know, I guess quite a big family, 12 kids. It's pretty standard by 1735. (laughs) Like, (laughs) two of Jane Austen's brothers had 12 kids. I know. It's just, uh, it blows my mind, but (laughs) yeah, not me, but you, you, you do, you, you live your best life. Um, And she lived with her 12 kids and her husband in the Pines Barren area. Apparently she fell pregnant again. Oh my God. I think I remember, I've just remembered part of the story, but I'm going to let you finish telling it. (laughs) So yeah, like I was saying, to me, 12 is quite a lot of kids. 13 is... Some would say too many. <laughs> too many. And yeah, 13 is like another child as well as these 12 kids that you already have. So... <laughs> In I this can, economy. <laughs> I can relate to this. You know, she yeah. felt apparently frustrated and didn't want to be pregnant again. Um, but her response was basically to curse her unborn child. As one does. And she said... This child of mine, this 13th child of mine will be the devil. She went into labour on a stormy night, (laughs) of Of course. course. And her normal human child that that she birthed soon transformed into a creature with hooves and a goat head, bat's wings and a tail. So she gives birth to a baby, a human baby, and then before her eyes... It transforms into well. At least she didn't have to birth hooves because yeah, she can be thankful of that. That would be painful. And apparently, labor is a spectator sport, (laughs) (laughs) an spectator event. So all of her friends were there. (laughs) There was no. There was. I mean, I guess this is probably. I was going to say, this is probably true. I don't mean the bit about the demon baby. I mean that probably <laughs> everybody was there because you're living in a, I assume, settler community if it's like 1735. Mm. Yeah. There's no trained doctor. You're relying on everybody else and their experience of birthing to assist you in the birth. So like that is mm. a genuine thing. I do imagine also it probably was just a bit of a like, it's not that interesting to be a settler in the 1730s. And if someone's going to pop a baby, you're like, ooh, drama. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But also, yeah, you were kind of like expected to be 
pitching and help because you know if if the mother's in labor who's looking after all those kids well exactly and like there usually was a community midwife or like Mm. a wise woman yeah but generally you all chipped in and helped you went to you know if you especially if you didn't have family because usually like a sister would come or something Mm. but yeah you all had you all had to get involved and literally roll your sleeves up so yeah so everyone was there witness to the birth of this child that then transformed into this monster Mm -hmm. thing and the devil child as you would do started growling at them all (laughs) (laughs) and then flew up the chimney and then fleed towards the pines where apparently it still lives there to this day and it's like an immortal devil baby (laughs) yeah yeah well it's a cryptid yep so it's this weird <laughs> goat, bat, horse, dragon thing sure. that lives in the Pines Barrens and, and continues to terrorise the residents. There is no historical evidence for this story. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> but there was a woman, there was a woman called Deborah Leeds who lived in the area about this time. And okay. her husband, Jafet Leeds, Oh, what a um, name. Had a, had a, I don't, I'm, I might be pronouncing that wrong. Apologies. Um, but her husband had a, had a will, a written will, mm-hmm. and that stated that he had 12 children. Oh, so okay. I think, so I think this is like the basis for some of the, the legend details around mm-hmm. this whole mother leads story that people have cited this creature. <laughs> They've called it the Jersey devil or the Leeds devil and then they found or maybe remembered oh yeah it must have been that woman that had 12 kids because of course <laughs> because of course you know and maybe um you know there's, there's lots of speculation around mother Leeds was she a, a witch and maybe this is why her 13th child was a devil maybe the child's father was actually the devil himself maybe. devil that... child hybrid yeah um, that is a very popular like folklore thing the devil coming and impregnating because mm. if and it can like, happen to if it can happen to mary not you mary i mean like the biblical mary <laughs> thank you not, for clarifying you. that you, you did not get divine um what's it called immaculate conceived or <laughs> experience immaculate conception but if immaculate conception can happen for a god baby the logic would suggest it can happen for a devil baby as above so below Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's also lots of stories about, you know, attempts that the local clergyman try to exercise the creature from the pines, which I just think is hilarious. And I'm just imagining like a kind of local, you know, 18th century uh, religious <laughs> well, figure probably, yeah, going, probably... going into the forest, <laughs> trying to exercise this creature when actually it's just a bird. <laughs> <laughs> but also like they would have been, what's a pro? I mean, they might have been Catholic, but like I'm imagining they're probably, maybe, probably not Puritan at this point because we're talking like 1735, but they're probably Protestant. What does a Protestant exorcism look like? Because I don't think you're meant to believe in that shit. <laughs> like that's part of Martin Luther's rolling in his grave. We have had this conversation. <laughs> hey, you say that, but you know, the big man himself, JC, you know, in, in the Bible, he, he exercised demons. So it's, yeah, that's it's true. It's in the Bible. It is in the Bible. It yeah. is. But yeah, I always think of it being a very Catholic thing. Yeah. But yeah, that is origin story number one. Mm. Mother that. leads. I'm glad you like that. And I hope you enjoyed Yeah, one. as you said it, I was like, oh, I've just remembered. Yeah. The, the story is that she birthed a natural devil baby. 
So there is another potential origin for this mm-hmm. myth. And I think this is even more batshit and funny. Um, I don't know. May- maybe you can tell me which one you prefer at the end. Um, yeah, we'll, but we'll it, weigh up the pros and cons. It, <laughs> it, it centers on founding father Benjamin Franklin. Freaking heck yes. B. Frank's <laughs> making another. Yep. <laughs> making and, another appearance in the Gore Guide Association. And his beef with two New Jersey residents, Daniel Leeds and his son Titan Leeds. So, Titan Leeds. Yep. Wow. Let's rewind a bit. And, the same you know, family. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. No, this is a different family. Like, oh, they're all just called Leeds. Uh, yeah. Or maybe they're related. Who knows? I, I mean, know. um, it does make sense because, like, they're probably it probably was an extended family that settled in that area at yeah, this point in time. Yeah. But yeah, so, weird. So maybe, maybe related. Maybe to because maybe the second one, the second origin story, like fueled the first origin or. Who yeah. knows where the Leeds inception happened? But anyway, let, let's focus on his father first. You know, who is Daniel Leeds? So, uh, you know, as, as we've kind of talked throughout this episode about America and it being a, as we conceive of it today, it's from a kind of settler colonial nation. Mm-hmm. So this well, was at a this time point, of, it's not even technically well, this was a, a, well, yeah, this was a time a of settler colonial expansion mm-hmm. where Christians and other religious groups from across Britain and Europe were basically moving to and colonising different parts of America. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Leeds, what can you guess which denomination he, he is? Well, I'm assuming Leeds is for the city of Leeds in England, which means probably some Protestant denomination, maybe maybe Presbyterian or something like that. I'm trying to think what's popular in that area. Well, okay, so he was a Quaker. Ah, yeah, that makes sense, because there's a lot of Quaker halls mm. in Yorkshire. Yeah, and he'd moved from England to this because, colony. fun fact, <laughs> we fucking hated the Quakers. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> they popped up and they were like, hey, so we were thinking we have a religion where there's, like, no hierarchy, and the British crown was like, get the fuck out of our country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> hold your horses with that shit. <laughs> hold your horses because you know I think I think you, in terms of like communities chucking people out, <laughs> this story has some more of that. Um, but okay, right. So, so he was part of a colony that is now known as New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the thing about Daniel Leeds is that he was considered to be a massive weirdo by his other Quaker friends. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get to like he walks out of like the Quaker prayer meeting and everyone's like fucking Daniel man? <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to guess why? I mean, the Quakers are pretty chill peep. They you know yeah. pick oats. Um, <laughs> the generally, as religious like organized religions go, I can fuck with the Quakers. I respect some of their their ideologies, but they don't have much tolerance for like superstition and bullshit. There we go. There we go. So, okay, Daniel Leeds started um, an, an almanac called the American Almanac. And oh so- my god, is this the Ben Franklin connection then? Yes, yes, exactly. Oh right. My god. So, so what is first of all like what you know what is an almanac? I feel like we should explain. Yeah. It's basically a, a yearly publication. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and sometimes it's a publication about one specific topic. Sometimes yeah. it can be about lots of different topics. Yeah, so like, so there'd be like a been the weather. Here's, here's, here's some farming stuff, mm-hmm. here's some nature stuff. I saw some birds today. Was it, you know, <laughs> was it a devil? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's basically a publication that happens yearly and different it's almanacs are about different kinds of things. Yeah, it was essentially a way to predict things like the planting seasons and weather mm. before science and technological yeah. advancements allowed for it. So you would have like ladies almanacs that would Mm. be like, okay, for the last five years on September 21st, it rained. So if you're going out on September 21st, you probably want to take an umbrella. So almanacs were a big thing. And the publishing, there was quite a lot of rivalry between Oh, don't worry. We're going to be getting getting to that. But what what was the American almanac leads, you know, very important special almanac about? So... It basically contained astrological data, oh my God. symbols, and, and lots of things were, that were considered to be unchristian. And his Quaker community were basically like, this is really inappropriate and pagan. So they were Get like out. not, they were like not happy with this. And <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> the Quaker, one of the obviously this is a thing for like a lot of Puritans, which is hysterical because then a lot of Puritans became very superstitious and all the witchcraft and stuff. But the Quakers in particular were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so Daniel Lee's a little bit hurt by rejection from his community. He's basically like, if you can't handle me at my weirdest, I'm leaving. <laughs> So I bet they were like, yeah, no, um, we oh, don't no. think maybe this is not the religious movement for you, Daniel. <laughs> he breaks up with the group and they're like, okay, let's just pretend okay, that he doesn't exist. But <laughs> he continues to publish his almanac. And in so in 1688, he publishes a book called The Wisdom of Temple, which explored topics like angels, astrology, mysticism, mystics, wow. and the devil, as well as his own personal theory about the origin of the universe. Oh my so, God. So, you know, if you are part of what you consider to be an upstanding and moral Quaker group, you're probably not going to be too happy about this. So <laughs> basically <they> like, <laughs> if you're going to be blasphemous, tick all the boxes. Yeah. You know, that weirdo leads that like left and he's published another almanac and it's just as weird as the last one. So they try to suppress it. And in response, can you guess what Leeds did? Published another book. <laughs> he published another book. This one was called uh, The Trumpet Sounded Out of the Wilderness of America. And <laughs> yeah, so that title again, The Trumpet Sounded Out of the Wilderness, the wilderness of, America. of America. Which and goes back to what we were just saying about the unexplored. Yeah, yes, but this one was basically about so Leeds accused Quakers of being anti-English and anti-monarchy and also argued the Quakers are like uh yeah yeah and we also (laughs) argued that Quaker theology denied Christ so he's like coming at them from all these angles um and they're like like, these Quaker bitches ain't shit (laughs) yeah exactly and they're just like really not happy with him the feud between his Quaker community mm-hmm. um, and him continued for for many many years, primarily because he just kept publishing books. <laughs> yeah, okay. That well, was the, that was basically the way. That's what everyone was doing in the 18th century. Yeah, like, Horace Walpole point publishing like a counter address and then a counter address to the counter address of the address. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And essentially, it got it got so bad <gasps> that George Fox, 
who I don't know if you remember that name, but he is like one of the founders mm-hmm. of Quakerism. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, no, um, I need to, I need to stop this. So <laughs> he published his own book, which accused Leeds of being in league with the devil. So it's like, sure. uh, okay, so you can kind of see, you know, hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I was a religious person in the 1700s and some dude just irrationally kept popping off at us about, you know, all this weird stuff and and basically engaging all, in all this occult bullshit, I would probably be like, okay, well, the only rational explanation is devil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... That's a little bit of background on on Leeds and also the Almanac, which which is important. But where does this leave Franklin? And how does yeah Benny Frank and also like where you know what about the Jersey Devil in seventeen sixteen? So he's been publishing this Almanac for a long time. Yeah, and it's been quite successful. But Leeds, you know, he's getting on, he's getting old. So he retires, and he passes his Almanac on to his son. He's like, this is our family legacy. Yeah, <laughs> Titan. Absolute- insane bullshit yes and titan not only continued to publish the almanac but he also added like on the kind of front page so he redesigned a lot of stuff made it prettier added in some images and on the front page he added <laughs> so we're going for a rebrand <laughs> his family crest which oh. features wyverns okay. so if you remember mm-hmm. the jersey mm-hmm. devil mm-hmm. is a creature like a dragon or yes. like a wyvern yeah. So how revelations he, of him <laughs> i know yeah exactly and as you've said earlier as well the leeds almanac is not the only almanac in town and as you also mentioned yeah like founding father benny franks had his own almanac yeah and he was like why why is this other almanac so popular <laughs> um so he basically he got into a feud with titan he didn't want any competition, so we tried to just go at all of the other kind of almanacs. That's and so he was ob- almost obsessed with Titan. Which, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm pretty sure as well that Ben Franklin, like, there was someone either in England or France that was also publishing an almanac, and Ben Franklin basically was like, I'm going to do the American one. So it's kind of funny that he was then like, no, only <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah. Oh he So Benny Frank's almanac was called Poor Richard's Almanac. Sure. And yeah, so he's starts shit talking titan and at one point he said this honest titan deceased was raised and made to abuse his old friend so this is basically a joke where he's saying like my competitor has died but as a goat he continues to haunt me (laughs) titan was not dead at this point Franklin is like this guy be dead and he's haunting me. Ha <laughs> ha. Ben, ben Franklin, <laughs> such a fucking troll. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they have a bit of back and forth. I, I think they keep shit talking each other. Um, and then Titan died in about 1738, which is about the same time that the Jersey Devil yeah that kind tale of kind up. of originated. And the theory basically goes that it's born out of this feud. <laughs> this the Yeah, well, of course, so there must be this kind of well, devil kind of creature and it's associated with this weird-ass Quaker thing. Like he summoned it to, <laughs> like, Yeah, you know, this family are of, yeah. Pins and, in Ben Franklin's shoes. And, and what basically probably <gasps> happened is there was some weird ass bird that everyone yeah. in the local area was like, what is that thing? What is that? And then you have all these stories 
amplified by Ben Franklin and this feud well, and also the feud between the Quakers and you know daddy and Leeds this guy and yeah and then well, you know, I guess then his son because like, <laughs> Ben Frank I think Ben Franklin was a mason uh like a freemason and they got some wit maybe we'll do an episode on them they got some weird shit but also yeah. as I mentioned in the Hellfire Club episode which is later than this but like was you know fucking with the Hellfire Club and they were all into what I would call proto-satanism so I can, I'm not shocked that Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> you could tell me literally anything about any of the was, founding fathers, and I would just believe you because those, yeah, those guys, those dudes were weird. They were wild and out. <laughs> they there. were just so weird. They um, were so weird. Genuinely, you know, when people talk about the New World Order and mm. people think that it dates back to the founding fathers and the Illuminati. Part of me is like, yeah, well, no, the biggest yeah. part of me is like, that's complete bullshit. But when I look at <laughs> and you read about the stuff they were doing, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, sure, sure. sure. I would yeah. not put it past any of them to have been mm. like, <laughs> New World Order. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's that, isn't it? They think that's the... Yeah, the Illuminati thing. Apparently, there's loads of triangles everywhere because triangles are well, cool or weird. Or, uh, they're know. super popular in the Masonic. Right? Yeah, it's a really popular Masonic symbol. That is the origins of the le- of the legend. Um, there's still like massive like interest in the Jersey Devil. I read a book, uh, I think last year, that was about like loads of supernatural creatures and one of which was the Jersey Devil, Jersey um, Devil. which was quite fun. I want to mention a film because we were talking, you were talking about the 90s mm-hmm. and, you know, how it, the 90s and has been like a boom for kind of cryptids. So there is this film called The Last Broadcast, which was released in, I think, 1998. And this was actually one of the inspirations for the Blair Witch Project. Oh. It's filmed in like a mockumentary style and as a found footage film Mm -hmm. where the documentary filmmaker, who is called David Lee, investigates a mysterious murder oh at Pines Barrens <laughs> in New Jersey and basically embarks on a search for the Jersey Devil and the series is called Fact or Fiction and it's him basically you know like talking about it but yeah <laughs> apparently these other people had gone there before and then there was only one survivor he's in prison because apparently he murdered all of his colleagues but he's like no it wasn't me it was the Jersey Devil it was the Jersey so, Devil <laughs> yeah I love it not only because even though I know this isn't the case as again as a Brit my only real cultural awareness of New Jersey is Jersey Shore (laughs) so in my head the Jersey Devil is like a guido and like never misses leg day like has like slicked hair well of course he never misses leg day because he can't do arms can he yeah got no arms any arms I am pretty sure this was probably a big bird carrying like a Mm -hmm. goat or something because there's some big fucking birds in the U.S. To be honest, I think it was just a bird and then it's gotten caught up in this whole weird almanac that (laughs) talked about loads of other kinds of creatures and mystical things Uh, and had as as the family crest a wyvern. So I don't even think it was that. I I think it's just like there's this weird ass giant bird. Even in like the early 1700s, there's still a lot of animals that people thought either existed that don't exist. Mm -hmm. But like Scotland's national animal is a freaking unicorn. Yeah, which I love, but also you know, <laughs> there's still people that were like, "Oh yeah, an elephant looks like this," and they're like, "How do you know?" Because plenty the fucking elder drew it in like <laughs> fifth century. Yeah, and then they look at it and it's like, 
<laughs> or like when we when we go places do you remember the pelican <laughs> that mm-hmm. museum we yeah. were in was it the Chicago Art Institute and there was this pelican and it had got like udders and <laughs> weird part bird part cow part dragon <laughs> I was like yeah that's definitely what a pelican looks like but again pelicans are pretty fucking big and they sound terrifying so cryptid oh my cryptid. god I love the Ben Frank yeah. I'm would just like to say thank you so much for finding me a cryptid connected to the 18th century and Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm here to entertain mostly you, but also I hope, you know, if you've been watching or listening along that you have mm-hmm. also enjoyed our kind of deep dive into cryptids. We haven't and actually, will... <laughs> at the top I realised we were like, we're going to talk about why cryptids are gothic. <laughs> haven't done that at all, really. <laughs> Well, you know, spooky, like mysterious, at this point. fiction, you know, yeah, if, if you like, need us to do that, we can do that. We but talked also, about social anxiety. <laughs> mainly, mainly what I want to say is just if you have any favourite cryptids, yes. then please like tweet us yes. at the Ghoul Guides or comment on this video or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, send us a message into the void. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get it. And yeah. yeah, like use your Ouija board, be like, hey, uh-huh. guides. Um, we're also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think you can also message us through our Kofi. You can follow us on Kofi. So even if you don't want to give us money, which, you know, it's fine. I understand. And I think definitely on Spotify, potentially on other platforms, you can like ask questions. We do also have an email that I can't remember, but if you check our website, it's on the website. We have a website. <laughs> Basically, on on the if the if the ship goes down on some unnamed social media platform, we we, we <laughs> have other certain, ways to if a contact certain us. Apartheid criminal with a hair transplant does manage to fully tank the very social media platform we made our careers on. You can find us in other places, but you've got to be watching or listening to this somewhere, yeah. which means it's linked to one of our accounts. <laughs> subscribe to this YouTube channel, press the notification bell, subscribe, yeah, subscribe on, on whatever Spotify podcast and Amazon podcast platform. Or on Anchor. Yeah. Someone requested that we go on a pod thing and I was like, yes. So now I don't remember what it was called, but if we're not on a podcasting platform that you want us to be on tell us about that as well but more importantly if you want us to talk about a particular cryptid and or you want us to know about a particular cryptid let us know because we love them we were supposed to be it hasn't happened yet because of covid but we had big plans to do like a road trip with our beloved kathleen hudson uh through the u.s specifically just going to cryptid sites (laughs) one day it will happen yeah, this was potentially the most chaotic episode we've done to date, which is saying something. Uh, Mary did intense research and I did absolutely no research whatsoever. <laughs> I just wore the smart hand jumper. Hey, um, I enjoyed it and I learned a lot. So thank you. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Cryptos de Cray Cray. We are the Ghoul Guides. Stay safe and stay spooky. Stay safe and stay spooky. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>